Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Where God is, there is safety. Where God is, there is a renewing of our soul. Where God is, there is forgiveness. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilbert. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. We're picking up again in the study. This is part two. Well, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 33, and I entitled this message, Not Without You. Know this, we must feel the weight of the sin. That's why some good old-fashioned guilt and shame, it's good for us. Why? For that's what drives us back to the cross. Imagine if God had never given us a conscience, if we never felt bad about anything. Who knows where we would be? For it's only when we violate our conscience that sin is made known to us. Unless, of course, you callous over your conscience. Because you could do something and you know what's wrong and it's like, oh, I feel horrible about it. And it drives you back to forgiveness. But if you continue to do that and continue to do that and continue to do that and continue, then you don't feel bad about it anymore. Does that mean that the sin is not still sin? No, it just means you calloused your conscience. So you no longer have the feeling of guilt and shame because you've calloused over your heart. And if that's you as a believer and you're doing something that you know is wrong, go to the Lord and say, oh God, forgive me. Remember David in Psalm 51 where he cried out, create in me a clean heart, oh God. The word create comes from the Hebrew word bara, meaning make something out of nothing. It's the same word that he used in Genesis 1.1. God created the heavens and the earth. And again, bara, he created it out of nothing. He just made it happen. David is saying, create in me a clean heart. Why? Because I've callous this one. I don't feel ashamed anymore. God, get rid of this heart. I've destroyed it. Give me a new heart, God. A brand new heart that's sensitive towards you. And cleanse me. I love what the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 21. It says, since we have a great high priest, which is Jesus in the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart, with full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Only Christ can do that. Only Christ, when we go to him, filthy and filled with sin, can we just break before him and say, oh God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And God can forgive and cleanse. And you can come out of that like as if you've never done what you've done. It's amazing. Only God can do that. But getting back to our text in verse four and five, they were to take off their ornaments What are the ornaments? That was the gold and the jewels that they ravished from the Egyptians. Remember, 
as they were leaving from the captivity of slavery for hundreds of years, God said, you take every piece of gold out of that place. They were the world governing empire. They were filled with gold and the people took it all. There's bracelets and earrings and nose rings and you know yeah, necklaces and ankle bracelets. They took it all and they would wear that gold. And that wearing of the gold that they got from the Egyptians was a sign of victory. We had victory over our oppressors. But now that spoil of being delivered from the hand of God, God says, you remove that from your bodies. They were to take it off, take off that celebration. Why? Because you have willingly disobeyed God. And now God says, the party's over. But again, God is still willing to take them to the promised land. Is that not grace? He's still willing to have an angel go up before them and and fight their battles for them. Oh, don't miss this. Don't miss this. Think about how much grace and mercy God is showing them for they deserve total judgment. I think that that verse in Psalm 30, verse four and five is so special. It says, sing praise to the Lord, you his godly ones and give thanks to his holy name for his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for a night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. Man, have you ever had that happen to you personally? I have. Where you've gone to bed and you're just filled with shame, like I can't believe what I've done. Oh God, this is just horrible. And the weight of your sin, the gravity of it is just weighing you down and you're still laying in bed at two o'clock in the morning. You can't go to sleep and you're just tossing and turning. Oh God, I've sinned against you so greatly. And then somehow around 3, 3.30, you fall asleep and then you wake up in the morning at like seven and all of a sudden the Lord just says, you know, I love you. Oh, God, forgive me. I'm so sorry. Create a clean heart in me. And he does. And you get up and you're just like a whole new person because of the forgiveness and the cleansing and the mercy of God. Moses goes into the tent to meet with God on behalf of the people. We could all learn a few lessons from Moses here as he mediates for his people. How many times has someone crossed us? How many times have they stabbed us in the back, talked behind our back, and we lash out at them, and and we cut them off, and, and we don't want anything to do with them anymore? Yet Moses goes in before God, and he makes intercession for them. He's praying for them. You might say, well, I pray for my enemies too. God, just roast them. God, let them do the hot rock dance in hell. Let them see your glory as you bring fire down from heaven on their head. But that's not what Moses is saying. Moses is like, I know they're really bad. And I know they've rebelled against you. And I know that they're stiff-necked and obstinate. They're everything you said, God. Oh, but Lord, could you have mercy on them? Could you have mercy on them? Christians are easy to point out sin in others. Homosexuality is a sin. But do we pray for the homosexual? Do we pray for them that they would come to know the Lord, that they would know him like we know him? Man, we, you know, why do you want to believe what's false? Why don't you come and, and look at what's true? Don't you want to go to heaven? Don't you want your sin forgiven? 
there's a teacher, a college teacher, and I don't know if it's Maine or if it's New Hampshire, one of those states, and the students all want her fired because she had the audacity to say there is only two biological sexes, just science only. We're looking at the science, and there's two biological sexes, male and female. That's all there is, and they said, no, how could you be so insensitive because we don't like to hear that. I'm binary. I want, I'm, I want to be whatever I want to be. I can be whatever I want. And it's like, so we want you to lie to us. Tell us what we want to hear. And the teacher's like, well, I, I can't. It's just a biological fact. They want her fired. Fire her. It's like, what is better, to tell someone what's true or to tell them what is false? God gives us the option as believers, because if we don't stand up and speak the truth, who else is? Which brings up our point, walking with you. We want to walk with God. Let's pick up in verse 12. Verse 12 says, then Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you yourself have not let me know whom you will send with me. Moreover, you have said, I have known you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I, Moses, have found favor in your sight, Lord, let me know your ways, that I may know you, so that I may find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence shall go with you. Wow. Are you saying that we can mediate and pray for people and change God's mind of judgment? That's what just happened. My presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, Moses said to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by your going with us so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all the other people who are upon the face of the earth? Wow, we'll stop there. There is a distinction between God's people and all the other people on the face of the earth. 7.5 billion people on planet earth. How many are true Christians? Those people are separated from that number. First, Moses says, you called me to bring this people up. And then three times, not once, not twice, but three times, Moses reminds God in verse 13 to 16, these are your people. Because God was trying to put it on him. You go take these people that you delivered out of Egypt. Moses is like, "Uh, no, 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 no. These are not my people. These are your people. These are your people. Notice how Moses said what's on his heart. Moses says, look, God, I want to really know you. I want to do what's right. And I'm stoked that you want to send an angel to go before us. That's nice. But if you're not going, Lord, I'm not going. We're not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to take another step unless you go with us. 
Moses knew that if God was with them, then nobody could be against them. I wonder how long we are willing to travel without the Lord going with us. Because Moses wasn't willing to go one more inch without the Lord. How long before we fully understand that? If God is with us, nothing in this God-forsaken hellhole world that we're living in now can stand against us. Nothing. Yet, if the Lord isn't with us, then we are simply on our own. And we're subject to whatever the enemy throws our way. Do you want to be subject to whatever the devil wants to throw your way? Listen to how God referenced his people. Don't you want to be referenced like this? Isaiah chapter 43 verse 1 says, But now, thus says the Lord, your creator, O Jacob. He has formed you, O Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you press through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Wow. And who is our Savior? Oh, that's right. Jesus is our Savior. Isn't that how we want our Savior to refer to us? Well, he does. Because that promise in Isaiah 43 is our promise. Because when we receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, we too become partakers of all the promises of God's chosen people, Israel. The Bible says in Galatians 3.8, it says, The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify, make just as if they'd never sinned, the Gentiles by faith, he preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you, Abraham, all nations, everyone that's a non-Jew will be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. Who's going to be blessed with Abraham, the believer? Those of faith in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, who grafts us in to the original branch into Israel. Yes, the only place Moses wanted to be was where God was. God, if you're not going, I'm not going. If God didn't want to go with him, then he's simply just not going to move. Because where God is, there is peace. Where God is, there is safety. Where God is, there is a renewing of our soul. Where God is, there is forgiveness. Where God is, there is encouragement for you and for me. Yes, we're called to stand against the things in the world. We're called to stand against those who are anti-Christ, to look in our eyes and see Christ in us. Yes, that's what gives us rest to our souls when we're with him. And when we're with him, we have acceptance and there is a building up of our faith. And that leads to healing and provision for our souls. 
That's what leads us to an abundant life on this side of heaven, in the here and now, where we can live an abundant life in the midst of all the horrible circumstances that are happening around us. And in spite of those things, whether they are good or bad, and no matter what trials and hardships we might have to face in our today, God has promised to get us through to the other side to the ultimate promised land, which is an eternity in heaven, in his presence. And no man can take that away from us. Psalm 1611 says, thou will make known to me the path of life. In the presence, in thy presence, there is a fullness of joy. In thy right hand, there are pleasures forever. Psalm 95, one says, oh, come and let us sing for the joy of the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Yes, Moses says, if you don't go, we don't go. Which brings up our final point, walking with favor. So we pick up in verse 17. And the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing of which you have spoken. For you have found favor in my sight, and I have known you by name. Then Moses said, I pray, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And he said, I myself, the Lord said, will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face. For no man can see me and live. We cannot see God in his glory and live. Then the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me. And you shall stand there on the rock and it will come about while my glory is passing by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and you cover you with my hand. And when I have passed by, then I will take my hand away and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Wow. Could you imagine getting to see what Moses got to see? Have you noticed how Moses is having a full-blown conversation with God? I mean, this is just going on the whole chapter. We're just full-blown conversation with God. Does this not encourage each and every one of us to develop that personal one-on-one relationship with God? See, when you find yourself in his word every day and you're talking to him, Prayer is a code word for we're talking with God. And when you find yourself always having that time of day where you are by yourself talking with God and reading his word, that's when God speaks to you. It's like you're reading something in his word, just like every day. You're just reading something in his word. Then every day, then all of a sudden you read something and the Lord just boom, starts talking to you in your head. You're like, oh my goodness. Many times like, I don't even notice. I'm just, I'm in this conversation with him. And then by the time I'm like, wait a second, I'm talking with God. He's gone. But I had it there for a little bit. And it's because why? Because you're spending time with him. He has time to speak with you because you're taking time to speak with him. And it always happens when you least expect it. So you have to develop that time that you have every day. Verse 17, God says, okay, Amen. Moses found favor with God. 
God saying amen is a code word for Moses. That code word meant, you know, Moses, I love you. I love you. You're persuading me not to judge these people. You're taking on the heart of God for these people that don't deserve it. You know, Moses, I like that. You're willing to fight for these dogs. And because of that, oh, Moses, I love you. And I'm gonna go ahead and lead you. I'm gonna come with you myself. Moses found favor with God. Again, that just means that Moses was precious to God. Don't miss this point. If you want the inside scoop of getting close with God, do what Moses did. Stand in the gap between a sinful people and God. Don't sit there and judge it. Look at these bunch of heathens over here. They all need to die and get smoked like Sodom and Gomorrah. No, it's like, oh, God, have mercy on these people. They don't see you right now. They're in the, they're in the lust of their flesh and in the lust of their sin. It's like they don't see you right now, Lord. Have mercy on this person. God, let them see you like I have seen you. Let them come to you the way I've come to you. Moses was willing to go the extra mile for a people who didn't deserve it. He was willing to fight for the salvation of these rebellious dogs, these stiff-necked, obstinate people. Think about that. Moses found favor with God by reaching out and standing in the gap for these people. We can also find favor with God, but are we willing to reach out with the same passion, with the same urgency that Moses did for the rebellious people that are around us? And let me tell you, LA's got a few rebellious people. There are a few people that blaspheme the name of our Lord. There's a few people that blaspheme and lie and cheat in this city. But will we pray for them? God has called us all to be lights to shine his glory to those that are around us. Look, God has purposed us to live in Los Angeles. If you're living here right now, it's because God has purposed you to live right here. We are living here because God's purposed us to live here. And we are the voice of reason to those who have lost reason around us. And when we die to ourselves and we die to our own selfish desires and we start putting the needs of others before our own, that's when God will pour his favor on us even more, more, much grande, more. Moses must have thought, well, <laughs> that went better than I thought. <laughs> now God's going to go with us, not just his angel. So it's like, hey, since God's listening to me right now, let me hit him up on the other thing. <laughs> hey, Lord, while I got your attention here, I pray that you would show me your glory. Now, Moses, you, you know as well as I do, he just spent 40 days with God. He's been 40 days on the mountain with God. It's like now Moses is like, no, no, no. I want to see your glory. Now, obviously, when God was speaking to Moses on that mountain for 40 days, it was just a voice of God. Maybe God is still speaking to him through the burning bush. Remember when he called him from the burning bush in Exodus chapter three, maybe God's still speaking to him, the voice coming out of the burning bush up there. You know, we don't, we don't know, but, but it's like now Moses says, no, no, I want to get a look at you, God. 
You know, I, I want to see your, your, your radiant splendor. But sinful man cannot look at the glory of the creator God. As God told Moses in verse 20, no man can see my face and live. But what a blessing. Moses got to see more of God than anyone else has ever got to see. As God protected him in a cliff of the rock and he went by and you got a glimpse of my backside. Wow. God is so loving and he's so kind to us. He accommodates the, the desires of our heart when our desires are what he wants us to have. I wonder what miraculous things that you and me could physically see. I wonder how God could use us in the way he wants to move if we were just willing to follow him in obedience and just simply do what he asks us to do. Amen. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also get via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34. 34- 789 Los Angeles, California 90034